How you come back? That speaks volumes. And we're going to have a hell of a football team. Be great on three. One, two, three. Are you with me now? Said, are you with me now? They felt as good in a while. They want us to simmer down. Can you hear me now? Am I going in and out? I stop and just look around. To see if you're with me now. Tell me how you're with me now. Ready to put it down. Started the fight, I'm already forgotten, but they won't forgive me now. You really ain't ready now. You hate it just in the crowd. But still, I just look around. Now you're with me now. Why you with me now? This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. Hall of Fame, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. It's episode 69. And uh, Evan, go ahead and do the intro, man. I, ju- I just, I-, I don't think I have it in me this week. You can go ahead and uh, welcome everybody back to the show. All right. Well, episode 69, nice, right? Um, I am your host... Well, co-host, I guess, uh, Mr. Bucks Football Evan, uh, and then joined alongside me, who obviously normally does the intro, is uh, Rhett. So, uh, how are you feeling today? Although not too good, considering it doesn't seem like you didn't want to do the intro. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm still kind of going through the process. Um, still kind of grieving. Won't lie to you. It was a very, very ugly loss that the Buccaneers suffered yesterday at the hands of the Daniel Jones-led New York football giants. And the Buccaneers are now 1-2. and two. Normally at 1-2, and two, I wouldn't freak out. I'm not saying our season is over because it's not over. But I think the reason this loss just hurts so much is that it wasn't a game that should have been close to begin with. And it wasn't a game that was close the entire first half. It was 28-10 to 10 headed into the third quarter. First play from scrimmage in the third quarter, you give up a huge touchdown. That's okay because it's still a two-possession game. So all you got to do is just score a touchdown, and you still have this thing. And then next thing you know, it's a three-point game. And then the Giants take the lead. And then on the last drive of the game... You get one of those make-or-break moments for Jameis Winston, who finds a way to drive the Buccaneers down the field in basically one drive, connecting mm-hmm. with Mike Evans for a huge 50-plus yard reception. 
you set it up for Matt Gay, the rookie kicker who everyone's confident in, who is okay that he misses some kicks, but for the most part, everybody likes this guy. And then you put him on the hash where he's comfortable. Bruce says you take the delay a game on purpose because you want to set him up where he can feel the most confident. And Evan, what does he do? He drills it. He misses the kick. Oh, well. He sorry. shanks he, it. His, he drills it wide right. I mean, it wasn't nearly as bad as the missed PAT from the first touchdown of the I game because that was that. that was horrendous. That, that was weird. That was horrendous. The second kick that he had that he missed, I don't know if it was blocked. I think it was yeah, blocked. It was. Yeah, it was. So you can't entirely put that on him. And then, I mean, he made a, what, a 52-yarder? Yeah. Field goal. Yeah. And made a 40. I think it was a 47. 47. Yeah, 47. 47 yards. <clears throat> I don't fully understand where the disconnect was with Matt Gay this week. I'm blaming the cleats. I'm blaming the neon <laughs> cleats. And I know that there are some things about this game that is not entirely on Matt Gay. 100%. But when you're a kicker in the NFL, that is your job, is to make kicks like that. It was a 30-yard field goal. You look at the sideways view, and it almost makes you just, like, you just realize how pathetic it is. And I'm not going to sit here and bitch the whole show. I'm not going to harp on Matt Gay and say we need to drive him out of Tampa because he is going to get another chance next week against the Rams. Don't forget we got to play those guys. But <laughs> uh, Now comes the, the long road stretch. So. Right. There are some things in this game that happened that shouldn't have happened, like the Buccaneers giving up an 18-point lead. But we're going to break all of that down on the show here today as much as I don't like it. But, uh... One of the biggest glaring problems of this game, if we got to break things down. The defense looked fine. Front seven looked great. The secondary looked terrible. Yeah. And uh, they kind of got exposed this week. And I say they got exposed this week because we talk about last week where they played fairly decent against Cam Newton. But I, I think they got bailed out by how inaccurate Cam Newton is mm -hmm. sometimes. And Daniel Jones was accurate this week. He was as accurate as he needed to be. 334 yards. Someone put out a take and said Daniel Jones is going to carve up the Bucks defense and throw for 300 yards and lead them to a win. And everybody, including myself, laughed at them. And I mean, he was right. That was probably the best take of the week. If I had a dollar for every time Trevor Sycamore was on freezing cold takes this week, I'd probably be able mm -hmm. to fund a bigger subscription plan for the show. You know, it's like, where does it end, Evan? Where, where... When does it end? Because I look at this team, and let's be honest here, they lost a very, very winnable game. A very winnable game. It was like the Washington game, part two. No, they I, blew I a tweeted very, that. They, I tweeted that. Everybody was trying to tell me no. I was like, how, how is it not? It was a game that you shouldn't have lost, and they found a way to lose. And that's what bad football teams do. Bad Bucks ball is rearing its ugly head. And we're seeing this culture at its finest. But when does it end? Because seriously, think about it. Last week, if VH3 hadn't made that tackle, we're They're six inches. We're six inches away from being 0 and 3. Mm -hmm. Our season is not over. And like I said, I'm not going to bitch the whole show. 
most this, of it. The, most of it. But this was probably the easiest game on our schedule and the one that we deserved to lose the least. So yeah, the secondary but... got exposed. I mean, I don't know, Evan. Uh, what do you think, man? Well, you asked me where does it end. It doesn't end until like the world ends, I, I feel like. Um, like Things that are guaranteed in life, death, taxes. Actually, and Buccaneers kickers things. missing no, there's, clutch There's kick. four things. There's four things. Death, taxes, Buccaneers kickers missing kicks, and Bucks second half collapses. Um, that's just, those are things that are guaranteed. And you were texting me yesterday, and texting me at halftime, and what I tell you? Um, I didn't feel too great about it, okay? Uh, so, the, the exact text, you said, still have a half to play, but you were, but you were nervous. Oh, I was definitely nervous. Said, I know, I, I know, that's what you texted me, though. Okay, yeah. I had said earlier in the week, I said, you know, the more and more I'm thinking about it, the more and more nervous I'm kind of getting. And I was saying how I had that same feeling versus San Francisco week one. Like, the closer the game got, the worse I was feeling about the game. I still thought the Bucks would win, just like San Francisco week one. But I was just feeling a little bit more nervous now, like two days before the game, than I was a week later, earlier, I mean. And I basically said, you know, I've still got a half, and it's. I just don't think it's over yet. I said, I text, I text you, and I said, I will say it's a W, and I'm reading this right off my phone, guys. I will say it's a W if they stop them on defense, then score on offense. The first play of the second half is an Evan Ingram 75-yard touchdown. Then the Bucks get on offense, and they get one first down and then punt. That was that's that did first, them in right there. First punt of the day, mind you. Yeah. That, that that did them in right there. Um, that that's the worst start to a half that you can have. Um, you know, a half where you know if you if you stop the Giants on defense right there, you go down, you score another touchdown. It's thirty five to ten. They're not coming back. It, they're not like come. They're not. That, that, that... that would be that would be demoralizing. You come out from the second half. You come out for the second half thinking, all right, it's a brand new slate of football. And then, you you know, you let's say the Giants go three and out, and you give up another touchdown. That's that's demoralizing to a football team. And, you kinda, and it, just, it was the exact opposite. And you look at the way that the first half played out as opposed to the second half. Like I said, didn't punt at all in the first half. You went down the field six times, you scored six times. Whether it was a field goal or a touchdown, you got points on the board. Mm-hmm. All you have to do in the second half is score once or twice, tops. Because twenty eight. They scored once. They scored once. <laughs> it was a field goal. If it was a touchdown, the Bucks probably win, but it was a field goal. And I just you know, you look at the second half and you kind of see play calling and coaching just got very, very conservative. And that's the common narrative about this game, is how conservative that second half was from a very, very experienced staff. And uh, I've seen other people say it, but I kind of agree here. It looks like the Bucks' game plan to shut down Saquon Barkley and then didn't have any answers for any adjustments that would have been made once he was out of the game. Yeah, well, in, in the Bucks' defense of the defense, I guess I could say, Saquon Barkley... You know, you're not ever counting on somebody to get injured. 
And Saquon Barkley is a guy that doesn't come off the field. Um, he's on the field 24-7 when he's healthy. Uh, they they just they don't take it's like Christian McCaffrey Carolina they just they do not take him off. Um, it's not like New Orleans where it was you know Kamara and Ingram all those years two years or whatever. It's not like that. Um, Barkley is in on every single play. So I mean when he goes out of the game, you're not expecting him to go out of the game. You have to make adjustments, and the Bucks just didn't make adjustments right away. And you know the Giants, I'm sure the Giants were scared. Uh, they had to be. I mean that that's honestly if. That's the worst situation. I think anybody who picked the Giants before the game, who there weren't many people, but anybody who picked the Giants to win before that game, if you would have told them that, hey, Saquon Brogy's going to go out late in the second quarter and not come back in at all, they probably would have told you, okay, well, I'll pick the Bucks. Like, because you're not expecting, like, I, I guarantee you the Giants did not expect Daniel Jones. They threw it almost every play after Barkley went out. The Wayne, Wayne Gallman, I think, got maybe three or four carries. Um, they did not run the football because they didn't need to. Uh, you know, the pass rush early on, it really turned up uh, the heat in the late in the third quarter and then in the fourth quarter. But early on uh, in the third quarter when the Giants really started getting to a rhythm, the pass rush wasn't effective enough. Um and it just it has to be better, you know. Their second half adjustments, uh, you have to, you have to be able to do that because that that's closeout time. You well, know? and that's that's the thing as well is that you look at what this defense was able to do in the first half against Saquon Barkley. You know, Shut we went down. over it. We went over oh. it on the game preview uh, that I did with Mister Bucks Nation, our buddy James, last week. And by the way, James is having a watch party at a Pinellas Park Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't know if he's still accepting RSVPs. But if you already did RSVP, I'll be out there as well. Uh, we'll be eating oh, some yeah, chicken wings. Uh, quick shout out to James for filling in for me. The other, oh yeah. Sorry guys, I wasn't feeling too hot. Um, much better now. Still suffering a little bit, but much better now. And uh, trust me, if you'd have heard like exactly how I sounded, it, I didn't sound too good. So uh, appreciate James for for coming on there and uh, helping me out. Absolutely. So big shout out to James. Go check out the watch party next week. It's going to be a lot of fun if you're coming out. Uh, make sure you stop by and say hello. But yes, me and Jane were talking uh, last week on the show, and we put up a checklist. We said you got to shut down Saquon Barkley. Check. You got to pressure Daniel Jones. Kind of check. Kind of check. Um, you've got to clean up the penalties. Check. And you've got to get going on offense. Check. Boom. So where did we go wrong? Your kicker has to make kicks. We did everything we needed to do up until the third quarter. And then your kicker doesn't make a kick that he has to make. Yes, it's very, very disappointing to see. I'm upset that we saw it. But that's the thing, is that this team was doing relatively everything correct. Saquon Barkley, before he left the game, let me find a stat line here. He had about 10 yards, if I remember correctly. I believe correctly. it was 11 yards, I think. 11 yards... I think it was like eight carries. I just don't understand how you can't adjust. And that's what we've seen from this Buccaneers team before, is that you get down, you know, you kind of do something right, and then your opponent makes a slight adjustment, and you just can't hang with them. Something disconnects. Yeah. Something happens. I'm sorry, but the Giants coaching staff beat the Bucks coaching staff on Sunday. Yeah. That's just that's what happened. Todd Bowles got outcoached. Um Bruce Arians got out coached. Byron Leftwich got out coached. They all got out coached, and you know, 
that can't happen, um, especially with a rookie quarterback. I understand, like, there is, like, I'm sure that the Bucks would much rather have faced Eli Manning because, I mean, Eli just does not have anything left in the tank. Um, and Eli, the mobility factor, as you clearly saw it with Daniel Jones, he can run a good bit. Um, and hats off to him. Daniel Jones played well, right? Um, you, you can't put all the blame on, on on this defense because at the end of the day, Daniel Jones is the one making those plays. And, and it frustrated uh, me to no end to see a guy like Daniel Jones making those plays because I remember when New York drafted I him. I don't, I, yeah. I, I, I see this as another Mitchell uh, trip, Mitch Trubisky situation where he beats the Bucks, has a great game, does everything he needs to do to be everyone's darling, and then he's mediocre the rest of the year. And then Giants fans go into next year after finishing maybe 6-10, and 10, and they're like, yeah, we've got something to build on. And then Daniel Jones holds them back. Mm, and well, we'll see. But uh, I mean, Dan Jones is is accurate. That that's we knew that before the game, though. Like he, his biggest thing was he's a smart quarterback and he's pretty accurate with the football. Um, the biggest thing was though, the, you need to get pressure in his face to force some some decision making errors. Um, because you know he still is, no matter how smart you are, still a rookie. So. Uh, they did, partly. Um, I mean, he did have two fumbles. Uh, he did have two turnovers. Should have had three because you know, and apparently that you know that Mike Edwards drop pick is is looming large now. Because I believe the Buccaneers scored a touchdown on the drive when the because that was on third down that he dropped the pick. So it was. I'm pretty sure the Buccaneers scored a touchdown on on that on that drive. Yeah, um, but if Mike Edwards had had that pick, that he was gone. He would have been to the house. Yeah, that would have been the nail in the or, coffin. If, if not, it would have been um, like down to the ten or so. Like he would have gotten a good bit. Um, but I mean, yeah, Jones played well. I mean, he, he just did. Uh, there were some throws there where the Buccaneers actually defended pretty well, and he just made the throw. Um, stood up there, especially in the fourth quarter. You know, the Bucks were were really they weren't even blitzing a lot in the fourth quarter, and they were just getting there. Um, Shaq Barrett and Carl Nassib almost completely took the game over. Yeah, and um, he stood in there and made some nice throws. Uh, yeah, hats off, hats off to the rookie. Um, and but go ahead. Talking about the defensive line and what did work well on defense, Shaq Barrett not only having probably the best game of his career, uh, he's at eight sacks. Through three I, games. Geez. Had four sacks, two forced fumbles, both which were sacks. Dude, I don't get it. And then three tackles for loss. Uh, this dude is an animal, and he is out to eat every single offensive tackle in the NFL. And I'm well, very, very excited about it. He already reached his $250,000 incentive. Exactly. But and he, he gets two more sacks. sacks, and he gets another one. Yeah. And I think that's probably it, but... But Shaq um, Barrett had a huge game, but Carl Nassib, uh, another name you had mentioned, Carl Nassib showed up as well, and yep. I think yesterday was a perfect description of just how much of a dog he is and how he just doesn't really give up on the play, and that's yep. something that we've praised him for in the past. He had that one big sack where he, like, speared Daniel yeah, Jones yeah, from behind. Yeah, he was angry. He got angry. Then. That, like, I think he was just frustrated that they couldn't really get to him because at that point they really hadn't gotten to him much. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of started the whole thing. He came from behind and just absolutely. Yeah. Like, if Daniel Jones would have put his head down, they probably would have called it a flag because it would have been helmet to helmet. Because, yep. I mean, Nassif definitely leads with his helmet, but he hits him right in the gut. So. And those hits add up. 
Don't get me wrong. Those hits oh, definitely add any, up. Any, any, yeah, there's, there's another play. Uh, another Shaq Barrett sack. I, I don't... It wasn't one of the strip sacks because we were very, no. very close to I their know, own I end know zone. About but that. Carl Nassib... Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl uh, Nassib literally pushed his offensive lineman into Daniel Jones. One arm. He did it. It was a tight end, 85. It, he did it with one arm. He just kept pushing him. Just kept just kept pushing him. That's, ex- that's exactly right why now. he's a captain. Yeah, so. I mean, just effort. Effort, dude. Like... I understand he's a professional, so they're expected to give effort every time, but you don't see, like, that kind of effort. Like, right. I mean, that's just, like, I understand it's a tight end. And if that's an offensive lineman, that little move, he probably that probably doesn't work. Right. Um, because you're not going to be able to put a 300-pound offensive lineman de- almost down with doing this, you know, and just keep working them back. But, hey, two kudos to him for recognizing, hey, I got to 85, the tight end for there. the Giants, 85. His name is Rhett Ellison. Red Ellison, he scored a touchdown against the Bucks a few years ago. Yeah, he did. Um, but yeah, I mean, just Nassib. Yeah, that was a really, really nice day for Carl Nassib. So, um, but I mean, I know we got completely sidetracked here, but like I said, last thing, hats off to Daniel Jones. Played a heck of a game. Um, I think he's going to be better than a lot of people think, including me. I, I, I don't think he's going to be a star, um, but I mean. I, I do think he's. I don't. Th- I wouldn't say he's going to be a complete bust either. He, my, he's impressive. My take on it is exactly what I said earlier. Uh, yeah. I, I see it as a Mitch Trubisky situation. Has a good yeah. game against the Bucks, and then he's overrated for another year and a half, and people start to question how good he is. Now well, I could be wrong. We'll see. We'll see. I, Dude, yeah, I could, he's out now a while, so this is going to be a big test for him. It definitely is, and and they made it pretty easy for him with their play set up. Uh, we we talk about what was bad with this Bucks team. Let's talk about some of the good things because, yes, there were a lot of great things happening, most in the first half. But this was the game that the offense needed to mesh, and they did exactly that. They came out, did their job, and went down the field and scored every drive of the first half. They looked really, really good. Jameis looked comfortable. He looked accurate. Uh, He had a few bad throws that were into double-triple coverage. Yeah. I I mean, he eventually paid for one, but it was a bad throw. Just. Right. Again, it's just footwork. Um, it appeared on that, like, I was just saying, like, like after he threw it, I said, it almost like he jumped, like, he jumped and then threw it. Like, right. it was just weird, you know? Like, he's just got to, on those, he's got to settle down. I mean, he saw Mike. Like, it wasn't a bad decision because Mike was open. Like, it was the right decision. Just a bad throw. Um, it just wasn't a, it wasn't a good throw. Um, so, but ultimately, it didn't cost them because about two plays later, Shaq Barrett came out with another strip sack. So, yeah, uh, that didn't cost them the game. So, I don't think that's why many people aren't harping on Jameis. And I guarantee you, if Winston goes the rest of the year throwing three touchdowns and one interception every game, people are going to be happy. So Exactly. So, Jameis Winston, 380 yards through the air. Three touchdowns and one interception. Um, that's a game that he didn't need to have, but he showed us that he has the ability to have it, especially when things are clicking on all cylinders. And uh, we had talked about Mike Evans not showing up these first two weeks of the season. Well, well he made sure he made sure he was listening because he showed up week three, a hundred and ninety yards, three touchdowns. Those three touchdowns were just in the first half. And 45 fantasy points. I know that because I went up against him this week. Yeah? That's yeah, great, Yeah, I got man. crushed. So That's fantastic. I, I lost fantastic. again in fantasy. I am one uh, and two. Bad, so. I'm, yeah, I think I'm, I'm just bad. 
I think I'm one and two too, so I, I don't have much to much to brag about, I guess. It is what it is. But Mike Evans and Jameis Winston, they found that connection. OJ Howard finally showed back up. Yeah, not bad. Nice to see him show Cameron up and Brake make some catches. Actually caught a football. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. First it was down. for a first down, if I remember. He caught it, yeah. stepped right out of bounds, and that was great because but that helped. But then he us. also caught another football on a stupid play call on third and two that would have basically almost iced the game. So With that was three, three and a half minutes left. They run that stupid play. That and was if, the most. If you were going to run that to a tight end, why would you run that with Cameron Bray? Why would you not run that with OJ Howard? That was just the most obvious play call that I had seen all day. Like, it was a stupid play call for the time being. But it was one of those play calls where, like, everybody in the stadium knew what was about to happen. You move Cam Brate to fullback. Drop back. He takes a little dump route. Like, I don't know why they expected that to surprise anybody. I'm sorry, but how many tackles has Cam Brate broken in his career? Like, if if you're gonna run out with a tight end, that has to be OJ Howard. Like, I think it would have. I think it would have worked OJ better Howard. if you ran the same damn play and just put Rojo in that slot. It it, it has to be OJ Howard or Ronald Jones. That's who it, it had to be. Like it had I, to be. It would have worked out better if you put Peyton Barber because Barber can make a guy miss. I don't know if I've ever seen Cameron Brady. Yeah, but let's make a talk about miss. let's talk about when and when not to put Peyton Barber in a football game because when Ronald Jones had that great drive where he just kept getting first downs. You mean where the the Bucks completely lost faith in James Winston ran the ball nine three times? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I got a problem with Ronald, that. So I'll get into it later. Ronald Jones gets us all the way down the field. And then on third down, you give it to Peyton Barber. Why would you oh, yeah. not just ride the hot hand? Oh, that's what they say. And they were until... Like, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a coach in the NFL for a reason. And I'm sure a lot of people watching this are typing at us and yelling at us and saying they should have done this and they should have done that. But at the end of the day... Everybody thinks they're right. Everybody's right. We're all good. Everybody knows how to win. Listen, yeah. we're not here to tell anyone who's wrong and who's right. We're here to give our take as fans. Oh, I am. That's what you people tune in for. So let's just not forget <laughs> that. <laughs> but I truly don't understand why you give it to Peyton Barber in that situation. I don't understand why you give it to any running back. Throw the ball. Like and, I'm sorry. After that interception, you cannot tell me that Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians got scared of that. And I'm I'm saying, and I had this thought last night, and I listened to the Pewter Nation podcast this morning, Pewter Reports podcast, and Mark Cook had the same thought. I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, everybody's going to listen to Pewter Reports and listen to ours and just think I copied it. Because I was going to say, if you're that, after one interception of a great game, if you're going to run the ball nine straight times and show how little faith you have in James Winston, James Winston is not your guy and you need to get rid of him then. If, if you, in a big-time situation, if you're not going to th- throw the ball one time on the entire drive after he throws an interception, he's not your guy. Because if you don't have faith in him that he can get you a completion on a third and two or even a second and two, then he's, you're, he's not your guy. You got the wrong guy then. If you can't believe he can get you a first down through the air, you he's not the guy. I, I don't agree, but come on. That, that third and two, that should have been a play action, man. That would have been set up beautifully. A touchdown wins that game. You go, That would have been, you You were up three. So that would have put you up by by ten points with like probably like six minutes ago. You would have won the game. That was it. 
And that's that's how close the Buccaneers were to winning this game. Like you said, you set them up right there. You're in the re- you're close enough to the red zone. You're in the red zone. Oh yeah, you're you're on the five yard line, and you can't get it done. You got to settle for three points. And I I I've seen this brought up a lot too. Like a lot of people said on that one, maybe that's the time to go for it. Maybe needing a touchdown to go up ten. If you don't get it, you back the Giants up. Maybe, right? I mean, you know, versus the 49ers, they didn't take the points and it turned out not to be good. A lot of people seem to think in this game it would have been better to maybe, you know, go for it and uh, and just try to get it. Um, and if you don't get it, you back the, the Giants up anyway. So, um, and I, I don't know. I think they probably made the right decision there, but they should have never came to that because, Sorry, but yeah, you gotta throw the ball. If, and and if that's true, that you're truly scared of Winston having a turnover after a great game that he just had and one mistake, then yeah, you you gotta look for a replacement then because and, he's and, not your guy. Right, and that's how you instill confidence in your quarterback. Let me say one more thing about this running back situation, and then we can move on here. I'll um, say Ronald Jones is good. Ronald Jones should be our starter every he single week. Be their starter. Ronald Jones has showed me enough to where he can replace Peyton Barber, and Peyton Barber can come in as a relief runner because Ronald Jones had 121 yards from scrimmage yesterday. He had two huge plays. Well, he had two fairly big plays where he broke for more than 20 yards. And I mean, I I had said he was going to do that this week, and he did. That screen pass and that one run, right? Yeah. That one run set him up in field goal range at the end of the half. Exactly. Ronald Jones is getting more and more confident week after week running the football, and it's right around the time that they start giving him more carries in the football game, and we need to see more of that. So Ronald Jones is my starting uh, quarterback. Jesus Christ. Ronald Jones is my starting running back moving forward. No ifs, ands, or buts. Like, that's how it should be. You know what this is showing me, though? This is showing me that the Buccaneers may not even have to attempt to re-sign Peyton Barber next off, this offseason when he's an unrestricted free agent. Right. Um, if Ronald Jones keeps continuing to go like this, what I do, you know, if it all depends on Peyton's price because I think, you know, Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones can make for a pretty good one-two punch. Absolutely. Uh, but, if, you know, if Peyton comes in with a higher price tag than you like, you say, okay, we'll let you walk and we'll sign a veteran for cheaper and have him and Jones as the guys. Well, and don't, so, and don't get me wrong. Peyton Barber had his fair share of good runs. Uh, he, he was decent. Yeah, he, he was fine he, today. You know, we saw yesterday his patented – I mean, he should put a trademark on it because he is probably one of the heavier runners in the NFL. His pads and his helmet are just always mm-hmm. down and forward. And uh, we saw him quite a few times get lost in the pile and then somehow just keep going through it, pulling guys behind him. You know, he showed off his power yesterday, and he showed off that he's still the guy. But I just think Ronald Jones is a guy that you drafted in the second round who you want to be your variety back. He can catch a football. He can go right up the middle, make some people miss, and gain 10, 15 yards every time. So why not build confidence in a guy like that, Peyton Barber, I would like him to stick around, but in my opinion, you need to be grooming Ronald Jones more than you need to be grooming Peyton Barber, who has the option to go get paid more money somewhere else. Speaking of getting paid, Shaq Barrett's going to get paid. Oh, it's got to happen. Big money. It's got to happen within the next three weeks. If, no, 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 no. It's, it, there, no. There's no way Shaq no, but let's be No, but let's be, re- let's, be, let's be realistic. Yes, it does need to happen within a week. <clears throat> it needs to happen before the Bucks suit yeah, up and it, take the field for L.A. Not. It needs to happen right now. Like, yeah, like, it needs to happen before the like, end of the show. Dude, 
That's just, you know what that proves to me, though? And that's a credit to the Denver Broncos. That proves to me just how stacked they are. Yeah. Like, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are struggling this season, but they're that good that Shaq Barrett was a backup on that team. Think like, about it, man. Dude, and, and everybody's hating on the Broncos. Oh, the Broncos let this guy walk. Tampa Bay signed him for one year, $4 million. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos didn't really need him. Like, he, I don't, I don't – Shaq Barrett wasn't even expecting this. Like – I mean, he's just wearing tackles down. Man. I, I, mean, I don't know the rhythm that he has found. Dude. But we have got to keep this guy healthy at all costs. I mean, he, by the end of, at the end of the day, if the Buccaneers end up winning and he continues on his pace, he might be, like, one of the best Buccaneers free agent pickups ever. I think and he uh, might be, and he might be one of the best like NFL free agent pickups. Well, ever. there's if also he space. he's only 26 years old, and like, there's no yeah. reason right now that he should not be the NFC Defensive Player of the Week for the oh, second time be. in a row. He, he, he absolutely there's should. There's nobody be. else. There's there's nobody else. If he wins again, three sacks. What are you gonna do? Getting four sacks and two strip sacks? Yeah, he, he'll win. Right. Um, right. I mean, but I would expect you know he's obviously. Cannot expect four sacks from every game. You can't even expect expect a sack from him every game. Okay, let's you know. Well, like, you know how the Buck and you know how the Bucks but, fan base can get. They're gonna have yeah, really really high expectations, and, 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 and if he doesn't get a sack, they'll say, okay, maybe don't right, resign him. Whatever. Right. Okay. If yeah, if, if, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing. Eight, nothing to do sacks, but laugh eight, on that one. Eight sacks through three games. The Philadelphia Eagles, has, as a team, have zero sacks through three the games. Denver Broncos the Denver Broncos still have zero. Von Miller and Bradley Chubb both have zero sacks. And by the way, tip for Jason Light, this is the type of free agent you go after. Next offseason, that is the exact type of free agent you go after. The young guy who's kind of been a backup his whole career. It don't matter what position it's at. That's a, he's at that a stack position, not a backup at a weak position. Like if a team has no running backs and this guy's a backup, then no. But doesn't matter any position. If he's a backup and the position is stacked in front of him and he's a free agent and he is young, sign him. That, those are the types of free agents you target. And right now, Shaq Barrett is looking like probably Jason Light's best free agent pickup. Besides, maybe like I don't know, like I feel nobody. Like, <laughs> I mean, Ryan Jensen's been pretty good this year. Yeah, but Ryan Jensen uh, had a pretty sloppy first year, and his yeah, expectations but, I mean, weren't entirely met. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I Shaq know. Barrett Carl, has done Carl this in three to... games. Yeah, in I know. three I know. games, he has no, just shattered more, expectations. One, one more thing, I, I do want to say. Um, about the defense, and then I want to go on a little bit more to the coaching staff and the end of the game before we close things out here. Um, this defense is offseason. I think needs a shutdown corner. Uh, I know it's they're hard to find. It's not like, boom, there, there's one. Um, and everybody, I'm sure, is responding to this right now. Oh, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey. Well, did you see what Jacksonville wants for Jalen Ramsey? No, okay. I, I somebody don't suggested see... to me. Somebody suggested to me on Twitter. They're like, just get Jalen Ramsey. I was like, okay. Oh yeah, they I know were what like, you're talking about. They're like throwing, throwing Brait. And I was like, so you're comfortable giving Cameron Brait a 2021st, 
2021 first and maybe more for Jalen Ramsey. He said, no, I, I don't know where you heard that. That's what Jacksonville's asking for. Why do you think he's not traded yet? Well, That's I can fine. also... Jacksonville's asking for a King's ransom because he's a heck of a player. But I can also see this in a situation where I don't think there is a possibility, like, kind of like how they went over in Avengers Endgame, where Doctor Strange saw the millions of possibilities of how mm-hmm. this could end up. I yep. look into my third eye, and out of 1.6 trillion possibilities, I don't see any of those ending up with Jalen Ramsey doing well in Tampa. Because doing well? Not doing well, well. Not doing well, per se, because he's a great player and he's going to do Jalen Ramsey he'd things. But in the long he'd, run... He'd ball out. In the long like run, I just you're talking about the player, he'd ball out. Uh, yes, but like First in the week, long I run, I can up. just see something happening with his ego, with the way that he would clash with Bruce Arians and his coaching style, his accountability coaching style, which, it, it, to be quite frank, I don't want to bring into question right now, but I kind of want to wonder how it's going to work for a guy like Matt Gay. Like, there's got to be something. I mean, what, what do you mean? The accountability factor. Uh, like, yeah, Matt well, Gay. I mean, I think Matt Gay, I mean, he took... He took full responsibility for the loss. And I mean, one, one a quick little sh- shout out to Matt Gay because he 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 cost him the game, and he still had the guts to to stand up there and, and talk to the reporters after the game. Uh, that takes a lot. Um, that's that's just like you know after the Minnesota miracle, uh, I believe it was Marcus Williams, the guy who missed the tackle. He still. He still answered questions after the game. That's that's difficult. You know who um, didn't? You know who didn't in that position? Cam Newton. And uh, anyways, God, what I'm know. trying to say, what I'm trying to say I'm, is that I see. I try to make it a nice thing, and you just take a shot. No, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I'll take it. I'll take a shot at. I'll take a shot at Cam Newton. I'll take a shot at Cam Newton. Any chance shot. that I'm given. Uh, okay. Well, let's make that. Let's make that perfectly did see, clear. Did you see the the tweet about like the that old commercial? With the yeah, kid, yeah, and like, who knew this, this kid would grow up to? <laughs> I thought that was funny. They almost look better without Cam, but they are better without Cam. This Jalen Ramsey thing. What I'm trying to say is, I just don't see it working in the long term. Yes, he can come here for a year and then ball out, but if it didn't work with Jacksonville, I can't imagine it's going to work with Tampa in our previous interactions. Uh, with every, state, yeah. With every free agent we've pissed off, he's just got to get out of Florida, exactly I mean, like Florida, you said. Florida State, because boy, Florida State boy Jacksonville, he's got to get out of Florida. Even if he comes <laughs> here and balls out, do you truly see him staying in Tampa for longer than two years? Well, yeah, because part of the – yeah, that's another, like, stipulation. Like, you have to – like, Ramsey wants a new contract, so. Right. So, like, wherever he gets traded to, he's going to be there. Um, and just like Pure Report Scott Reynolds said, the Bucks did call. They they did make a phone call about Jalen Ramsey, um, as did pretty much every team. Yeah, like over half uh, the league inquired about Jalen yeah, Ramsey. They, they, yeah, I mean probably – maybe 30 out of 31 possible teams, you know, or like the high twenties. Like there was most teams inquired, but the Buccaneers did call. And then they asked about Jalen Ramsey because light loved Jalen Ramsey. Um, had him as one of his top rated players of the 2016 draft, but Ramsey went, what, uh, five and the Bucks had nine that year. So yeah, uh, couldn't, couldn't get it. Um, and the price of trade up was just too much. Uh, so the Bucks called, but then, I mean, once they heard that Jacksonville wanted two first-round picks and 
they asked Jacksonville basically what kind of contract Ramsey wanted, and they told him, and they were like, no. Like, yeah. no, we're, we're good. So Exactly. Um, they, you know, everybody wants to blame Jason Light. Oh, he, you don't pick up the phone. Well, he did. And, you know, and there's probably a lot of things that you don't even know that he's tried to do. There's some things that I know that I can't share that he's tried to do. Um, you know, it's not any, like, groundbreaking stuff. Like, you try to acquire Tom Brady, but... There was a few instances where he tried to get a pretty good football player, and just for some, right. for multiple reasons, I should say, not for you know, some reason, um, it just it didn't happen. Um, well, and also the reason, real quick, I just want to make this last point. The reason I think they need a shutdown corner is because Carlton Davis, week after week by week, is not looking like he is a, a NFL outside cornerback. He's too. You know what's handsy. crazy is that he um, ends up he ends up being like the highest rated corner on PFF. Like I don't it, like you, PFF at all. Like yeah, I, I I liked it for a while because there were some things that did kind of make sense. But uh, I think more and more we see it week in week out that those stats are just I don't know. They're not yeah. good football stats. I'll say yeah. That. I don't I don't know how they end up doing our grading, but it's weird. Um. Anyways. Carlton Davis week after week is just looking like he's just he's too handsy and he's too handsy because he's too slow to be able to keep up. Um, he, he can't keep up with a lot of these quicker receivers, and that's going to cause problems. And next week, you know, you got Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. I mean, all those guys got pretty good speed. Uh, so I don't know how he's going to do this next year, uh, next year, next week. Um, I mean, uh, he's got great length, uh, but he still can't locate the ball at all. He's not a ball hawk. Uh, Vernon Hargraves had a really rough day. Uh, versus Carolina, honestly, he didn't have the best day. Uh, obviously, he made that great play when it counted. Um, he had a lot of tackles, but yeah, he, he did. He had a lot of tackles because he had to tackle the guys that caught the ball. And yeah. Rondé, Rondé Barber, I'm not sure if you actually were listening to the broadcast there uh, when he said it, but he, uh, he pointed that out. He said Vernon Hargraves had 12 tackles, but he had 12 tackles because he had to tackle the guy who got the ball every time he let him. Right. Um, so, Vern Hargreaves was great week one, okay week two, week three was just bad. So, hopefully a bounce back game from him. But even if Vern Hargreaves is good, he's not a lockdown corner. Like, you, you, they, they need better cornerback play. And it's time to make a big play here and really go all out. Arians is here to win. Okay? Two names I'm looking at. Patrick Peterson from the Cardinals. Uh, and I'm not saying trade now. Okay? I'm talking about the offseason. This is, this is offseason. Okay, Patrick Peterson isn't even going to be back from suspension until like week seven anyway this year. Um, so Patrick Peterson, obviously Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians love him. Bruce Arians thought, as J.C. Cornell had said on Twitter, Bruce Arians had thought about, you know, um, and guys, if you're not following J.C. Cornell, I mean, he's, he's plugged I'm mad. in with Eric. I'm mad at him. <laughs> I'm upset he, with he's, him. He's, he's plugged in with Arians, so... Like he's hit like a, on a lot of stuff this offseason. He said that Bruce Arians had thought about, you know, trying to trade for Patrick Peterson, but just decided, you know, maybe who knows what happened. You know, maybe the price tag was too high. Maybe Peterson really didn't want to come there. The Bucks couldn't work it out with the money situation. Um, but, I mean, I would expect that if Peterson's name comes up again, I would expect the Buccaneers to be interested this offseason, maybe make a play for him. Another name, former Florida State Seminole. Not Jalen Ramsey. Xavier Rhodes uh, from the Minnesota Vikings. He's fallen off a little bit. He's not his well, – he was elite, like really elite like a few years ago. He's fallen off a little bit, but he's still really good. It would be the best corner on this team. 
Um, I feel like you he could be had for less of a price, uh, probably than Peterson and Ramsey. Definitely than Ramsey. Um, Peterson might only cost you like a first. Xavier Rhodes might cost you like a second and like a fourth or something. Um, so I think they need to make a big play, and I think those two guys are the guys I'm looking at. So um, let me let me ask you one thing, because yeah, we can talk about free agency, which is still a good six months from now. Oh um, yes, yeah, so football. Season. Let's talk about the rest of the football season and what's going to be happening after the Rams game, because we know the Bucks are entering this big stretch. Uh, it's mm. going to suck, but. Do you think having Ryan Smith back is going to help that secondary at all? Oh, I know, but I tell you what it will help. It's going to help the special teams. Ryan Smith is a really good special teams player. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about it. And the special teams coverage hasn't been the best. Uh, Bobo Wilson. He's got to get out of there. No, no, no. It, that's not his fault. I'm sorry. It's not his fault. That if Look at every punt return that he has. What do you expect him to do? There was like, twice. There, what, what? What? I'll okay. meet you. I'll meet I, you in the middle and I, say I, I that wanna, maybe. Hear, go ahead. I want to okay. hear this. All right. I'll meet you in the middle and say that it's not entirely on Bobo that there it's were not just things at all not that they don't block. But there were two instances where he had more than four seconds. And I know that's not a very long time in the grand scheme of things, but when you're making decisions that quickly on a football field, there was twice where he could have committed to a lane and at least gotten more than what he did. There were twice, two times, that he just kind of danced around after getting the ball and didn't commit to going anywhere and ended up losing yards. uh, I don't know. All right. Agree to disagree. How about that? Let's so basically, yeah, Ryan Smith's going to help this team out a lot on special teams. On defense, I don't know how much he's going to play, honestly. Um, Fair enough. But I mean, he he's versatile. I guess he can play safety, corner, um, just an extra body, you know, in case somebody gets injured. Jamel Dean, I still don't know if he's going to be able to practice uh, even practice this week. I'm not sure if exactly how severe it is. Obviously, he didn't play. Um, so they're down a man at corner. Obviously, Ryan Smith can't play this week. So. Um, he's, he's back week five. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, one thing before we get out of here, I want to talk about the end of the game. Let's do it. And this, Matt Gay blew it. Yeah. Because he missed a kick. This staff blew it more. Um, you have that Mike Evans, James Winston, Mike Evans play, which is actually absolutely electric. Down to the 10-yard line. You have one timeout. There's 16 seconds left. Why do you take the delay game penalty? And Arian said after the game that he did it on purpose. Because Matt Gay was um, better from long distance. Well, he missed two field goals from 33 yards. Made two field goals from 23 and 27 yards. So, but today, Arian seemed to retract that a little bit. So he said... This is from Scott Smith from the Buccaneers website. More clarity on the end of the game sequence. The Bucs didn't take delay penalty to purposely make the field goal five yards farther. Bruce Arians saw they wouldn't get the snap off and decided to take the penalty as opposed to using the last time out. Believed the kick would be made either way. Okay, that that's I guess it's fine. Here's what I would have done. I would have basically yeah, I would have ran another play. <laughs> um I would have their run play. 
and just had, I would have put Peyton Barber in there, not Ronald Jones. I would have put Peyton Barber in there and said, just go forward. Just go forward and get your, the ball would already be at the 10, right, without the delay game penalty. I'd go forward, even if you get me a yard, just go forward and hang on to that ball. Do not fumble. Just go forward. Get me as many yards as you can. All well, right, fine. Let's, time out. And let's, let's point this out as well. Looking at Matt Gay's kick in itself, if they hadn't have taken that game uh, delay a game it. penalty, he makes it. It's big, if you're it's five big. yards close, it barely hooks in, it but is. it's in, and the Buccaneers win the football yeah, game. In. Yep. If it's, um, and also let's not forget they took a two yard kneel down, um, to try and get on the left hash. They so did. Jameis like been, danced around and then fell on the left been, hash, and then it was it spotted in the middle eight. anyways. Would have been a twenty. Yeah, it was weird, right? Yeah, I was um, wondering that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, it would have been a 27-yard field goal if they would have just – if they would have done it my way, it could have been even shorter because I would have ran the play. It was already a 27-yard field goal. I would have ran the play. Maybe I'd get two yards. It turns into a 25-yard field goal, and boom, game winner. Um, but, yeah, but apparently yeah, Arians is basically contracting what he said when he said that you know he did on purpose. Um, I hope – that, that that's right that he just didn't believe they get the playoff because if he and it, it looks like on the film uh chris chris fisher from bucks brief was a former podcaster uh now doesn't do it anymore somebody i respect a lot um probably my favorite buccaneers podcast i've ever listened to uh the best one i've ever listened to and um he does a great job on twitter uh it's bbp chris i believe um on twitter and he basically said that if you look, Harold Goodwin is asking the ref uh, for to reset the game, to reset the play clock. Uh, so Arians sort of like lied last night when he said like all that stuff. Um, and, and I think, and I mean to be fair, I think when you're Bruce Arians and you're in a situation like that, every single person who, I mean, I guess cares to a degree, is going to be listening in on that post conference, and and yep. what you say in that moment is going to determine a lot. And, and yeah. I'm, you know, that that's just what I'm saying is there was a lot of pressure on him, so I'm but, not saying it was acceptable for him to retract what he said, but I can see yeah, why he would do it. But also, like. Maybe that's the truth. Like, I don't know. Like, there's sides to these. You would think that if you had a shot, if you had a chance, you know, you heard what you said and you heard how it was being uh, received by everybody. Wouldn't you go out the next day and sort of say something different to try and help your case? Right. Um, so, yeah, he says here, uh, you can see Harold Goodwin on the sidelines signaling to the officials to reset the play clock on the delay of game before the missed field goal. BA's response was nonsense. The staff messed up and did not have their kicker ready to go on the field. FYI, he was kicking into a net. So he was kicking into a net. They just didn't have it ready. That's on everybody on that coaching staff. That is a veteran coaching staff. That cannot happen. That happens with a rookie coaching staff. Um, that can that cannot happen ever again. Um, so, yes, even though it's on Mac A, it's also on the, the staff. Like I said, the way I would have done it, I would have risked it a little bit more. You had a timeout, I would have ran the ball and just I try to get it as close as I can. Um, is the close? Believe it or not, guys, the closer you get it, the easier it is to make. Uh, Imagine that. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I yeah, because just like you said, if that's he's like twenty nine yards, twenty seven yards, maybe even like thirty yard field goal because it was a thirty four yarder. So if it's a 30-yard field goal, I think he probably makes it. 
Um, because, I mean, it was close. At first, it didn't look like it was close at all, and that's where it came back. So, um, it's not smart. And, you know, like I said, though, I would have ran the ball. You still had a timeout. Trust that your running back isn't. I, I know most coaches wouldn't do that. Like, 90% of coaches would have done, you know, would have probably spiked the ball um, or taken the timeout right there. Um, but, yeah, to take that delay game penalty, that's absolutely insane and uh, something that cannot happen again or else, you know, I mean, this staff has almost cost the Buccaneers two straight games. And that's the thing uh, as well. The double, you look at the last... double timeout thing, you know, come on. Right. You look at that last week, the double timeout, and then you look at this week, the delay a game. I don't want to say it looks like mostly mental mistakes from Bruce Arians, but it like <laughs> it, it's just stuff that can't happen. And it kind of it, it worries me a little bit. I'm not worried enough to where let's break this down and let's talk about it. But I really, really, really want to see how this team bounces back against L.A. because it's a very tough team to play. But I was talking to James today. Cleveland just held the Rams to 20 points. And I think our defense might be able to hang oh, with them. Oh, no. Listen. Oh, no. Listen. Listen, depending on what Bucks offense we see hit the field in L.A., I think this game could be closer than most people think. Oh, no. One thing I will say, I hope the Bucks offense is for real. Because I hope they are this, as well. This one cause for concern is that this Giants defense made pretty quick adjustments and kind of shut them down. In the second half, and when the Bucks offense is really rolling, this Giants defense isn't good. Like, they're oh yeah, not. they're not. They're, they're one of the worst in the NFL. Um, they they basically the, the, give up more yards than the offense has. And yeah, their offense yeah. had quite a few. If you look up, if you look up like Eli Manning stats and Saquon Barkley stats in the first two games of the season, neither of them are bad. It's just the defense was so bad that they they were down, so they just had to get it completely away from a game plan. Like, they were up 7-0 on the Cowboys and the Bills. And they just, I mean, the Giants just couldn't. Like, they had to literally score on every single drive or else so it didn't matter. Yeah. The Giants' defense is bad. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bucks' offense can do. If, if they can go out against L.A. in L.A. and perform well, I would say the offense is, is good. Um but right now, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to that just because the Giants' defense isn't good, and it sure seemed like they shut the Buccaneers' offense down in the second half, no matter how conservative the play calling was. And, and don't get me wrong. We're going to know what Bucks' offense is going to be on the field by the first drive, two drives of next week's game. I'm Probably not saying it's going to be a close game no matter what. I'm saying we have to see what kind of offense this team brings into California. But... Depending on how they do, maybe this game will be close. We'll break it down a little bit more this Thursday on the uh, game preview edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, that's about all we've got for today's episode of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 69. Whether you were watching with video on YouTube or watching with the premiere function on Bucks Report and their Facebook page. Also, quick shout out. Shaq Barrett's dad watched our show last week. Hey. Yeah. Over Thanks, on uh, Bucks Report's Facebook page, he left some very, very kind comments. He said, I appreciate the great things you guys have to say about my son. And uh, it, at first, I was like, wow. You know what I mean? So I checked his Facebook page, and it's the real deal. So Shaq Sweet. Barrett's father 
Thank you very, very much for tuning into the show. Can you can you get your son on on the show? Right? Yeah. Let's pull some <laughs> strings here. Let's figure out how to get that man in here before he's the highest paid outside linebacker in the NFL. Uh, but he is having a fantastic season so far, and big kudos to him. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, but thank you for listening on any of our outlets, no matter what those were. And uh, thank you for tuning into the show. Before we go, I do have to plug our sponsor. And that is Pinecrest Printing in Brandon, Florida. Do you need an image for your business? Well, Pinecrest Printing has you covered in more ways than one. They've been providing the Tampa Bay business community with quality commercial printing and design since 2001. Their printing professionals are ready to provide you with quality marketing solutions for today's industry. Cut vinyl, magnets, vehicle wraps, anything wide format, this shop can handle all of it, and they are here to help you provide an image for your business in the most professional way possible. Give them a call at 813-684-5444, or check out the website at pinecrestprinting.com. And who knows, maybe we might have some new goodies coming up for you, courtesy Mm. of Pinecrest Printing. We just have to wait and see. Does Red have a trick up his sleeve? Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty simple man. People can see right <laughs> through me. But PinecrestPrinting.com, make sure you go check them out. You can follow the show on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Cannon Fire Podcast for pretty much all of those. Twitter's a little weird, but you'll get the hang of it. Make sure you follow me on social media, Instagram and Twitter. I am Redicus. And then, of course, follow my co-host Evan on Instagram and Twitter at BucksWave. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. That's all we've got for this week. We'll talk to you guys Thursday. One more thing. Today is Monday. If you're listening on Monday or you're watching on the Bucks Report live feed, 10 p.m., 102.5 The Bone, it is the return of the weekly Bucks break. I thought I was done talking about this game, but I am not. So I'm going to get on there and probably (laughs) yell louder than I did today. Exactly. After today, I will be completely at peace with the loss and uh, we'll be ready for L.A. But we'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Go box. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.